Thanks for tuning in to the Boundless Authenticity Podcast, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness. This is episode 26 of the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. My guest today is Todd Cave, a fellow Barbadian-born truth-teller and seeker of knowledge. Todd is an online personal trainer and engineer. Todd demonstrates a deep understanding of personal development, consciousness, and is in fact a researcher and speaker. Todd recently gave a talk in Mexico at Anarchapulco 2022. Today he is here to talk about ancient origins. So let's hear what Todd has to say. So hey Todd, how's it going? It's going good, mate. And yourself? Doing fantastic, as always. So uh, tell us about who you are and tell us your journey. Okay, well, originally I'm from Barbados and um, I spent half of my life there. And then um, as I became a young adult, I went to study in the UK and I went to do a degree in civil engineering. And after I graduated and I, be- and I had my degree, I got a job. And just like most other people, because at the time, the pound was strong, jobs were plentiful, and uh, I had liked the UK, you know? So one job led to one, another job, to another job, to another job. And then um, as my career developed, I got one of the, the best jobs I ever had when I was over there. And that opened up a whole world for me of traveling and enjoying life and all that kind of stuff. Excuse me. And then five years ago, uh, I had major surgery on my foot and um, basically it had a metal frame drilled into my foot called an Elizaroff frame. And basically there were three holes in my shin, four holes on my right side of my foot and four holes on the other side. And that frame was used to separate the two bones in the, in the ankle to separate them like that, keep them separated to allow the cartilage to grow back between. So that resulted me being on crutches for 15 months. And during that time, um, I would say is when my refinement period started from that surgery, because that surgery started a, a what we would call a, a domino effect of everything in my life that happened to me that basically all the things that I had placed high value on and thought were important were just being very quickly taken away from me, you know, um, had a good job. So I was actually made redundant at the time when I had that, when I got that surgery, then I actually, um, got really fat because, you know, being on crutches for 15 months, all you do is just sit in the house foot up and just eat. Then con started to consume loads of stuff on social media. And then that started, uh, you know, an events of me, lead into depression. I wouldn't say I was full depressed, but I was the, like the very, very last stage before it enter full depression. Because I remember I used to go to bed at night and I used to pray to God that, you know, maybe it's better for me to just die in my sleep. And I remember once I asked my mother a question. I says, suppose I were to die, do you think that people would, would have anything good to say about me? What would they say? You know, this was the, the levels of depression that I was teetering towards, you know? Anyway, so after a while, she had said to me to come home to Barbados because my foot wasn't really improving. And um, the doctor gave me the okay to travel. 
So we went back to Barbados and then changing climate, surroundings, having family around, eating different food. The foot really started to, to, to improve and get better. And uh, went back to the UK and, um, you know, I got another job. And then four, five, four or five months later, I was made redundant again. So it was like every time that I was trying to like get myself back up, boom, I just got knocked back down again. And some other events happened to me, which really pushed my whole, everything I believed about myself to the absolute limit. And what I would say is it was the, the most difficult emotional and psychological experience I have ever been through. And that started me to do um, reading because I wanted to understand how how come these events were happening to me. And um, one of my good mates over there, he's actually a Bajan too, by the way. He gave me two audiobooks. He said, Todd, listen to these two books and things will make a lot more sense. The first book I read or listened to, you could say, was The Road Less Traveled by, I think it's called James Peck. I think that's his name. M. Scott Peck. M. Scott Peck, that's it. And then the next one was The Five Love Languages. And mm. that book, to Gary the other book, those two like really opened up my consciousness now because I was realizing that when, while I am trying to blame everybody else for things that are happening to me, me, Todd, I'm the sole responsible person for all the things that are happening to me because how I act or react or what I say and do creates an energy that basically is causing these things. So what happened from there now is that I started to um, dive into religion. So I researched all three Abrahamic religions, realized that all three are fake. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is right. And it's, it's mad because I remember when I went to Sunday school once I was maybe 12 or something like that. For memory, I got kicked out because I was asking the Sunday school teacher certain questions that she didn't like and she couldn't answer. And all she was telling me is that you just have to accept it. Right. And it just wasn't making sense to me. So I always had a, a, a mind that if it didn't make sense to me, then nah, I gonna find out why, well, why you want me to believe this? So anyway, I started to research like all three religions found they were all fake. And then one, a book that I was reading at the time, um, called the last book of Enki. And this book is what put me onto the Sumerian tablets. And it's funny, right? Because my father had given me that book about, Wow. I read it in 20. I half read it and I reread it fully in 2018. So he gave me that book in 2008. And it, after going through all the things that I was going through, because I was such in a lowest vibratory state to escape, I used escapism, but I started to read, right? Started to do research and I would be spending hours and hours because I had nothing else to do because I was just home in my kitchen having my foot on the chair and reading and reading and reading and what I found absolutely shocked me right and I'm like but 
these stories that are in the Bible and in the Jewish and Islamic texts all come from the Sumerian tablets. And these tablets are about 5,500 years ago old, and they talk about a history that goes back up to 450,000 years. And I'm saying, well, hold on a minute. So if these tablets are telling us of an ancient history, call it fanciful if you want. But when you read so many other different sources, you realize there's a common story and a common theme that people from not this world came here and they came here to take advantage of the resources that we had here. Because the, the, the Sumerian tablets talk about this group of deities called the Anunnaki. And the word Anunnaki means just the people from the sky. Because Anu is the, uh, is the chief deity of the Anunnaki. So he's called the Lord Sky. And then the Anunnaki, the Naki part means people from the sky. You know what I mean? So they, they come from another planet, another world. They could be you know what I mean? extraterrestrials, astronauts, just a different race of beings that look like us. Who knows? But they are not from here. That's for sure. And then the, the story talks about these two brothers, Enki and Enlil. And these two brothers were, they really didn't like each other because Enki, he was the firstborn of Anu, but he was from a consort, basically a concubine. And Enlil, he was from Anu's half-sister, right? And... Um, so he was of the royal bloodline because he was full royalty. And he was supposed to be the, the, the heir to the throne. But because Enki was the firstborn, he always felt that he should be the heir. But in reality, according to their rules, he couldn't. So when they came to Earth, they um, brought their worker class, which are called the Ajiji, which would be equivalent to us. And and the king, the, the Sumerian king list, which talks about eight immortal kings that ruled for a, a, a total of 241,200 years. And they used to count the, the years in what they call SARS, S-A-R-S. And one SAR is 3,600 earth years. So we have immortal kings ruling for 36,000, 36,000, loads and loads and loads of years, you know? And what happened is that the Ajiji, who were the lower class of them, mined the gold for 3,600 years, so one shah, and then they revolted. Now, when you, when you read the Epic of Gilgamesh, or the Atrahasis, there was a character who caused the rebellion. And funnily, his name was called Allah. But there was no H at the end, like traditional Allah in the Islamic religion, A-L-L-A. His name was A-L-L-A. And his other name is actually Nanarsin, who's the, who's the chief god of, of uh, Ur, the moon god, which is why the Muslims have a crescent moon on their masjids, right? Now, everything in these tablets you can read them, but you may not understand it because a lot of it has to do with symbology and symbols because Enlil, his symbol is the eagle because Enlil means Lord of the air. En means Lord and Lil is air. So he's Lord of the air. 
So he is the, the eagle. And then Enki, En is Lord, and Ki's earth, he's Lord of the earth. So his um one of his symbols is the serpent, and the other one is the fish head, the fish. So basically, this is where the Catholics have on the the popes have a, a hat on top of their head that looks like a fish with his mouth open. So everything is symbology. And Lil now, because he's Lord of the Ear, his he's represented by the eagle. And uh, when you look throughout um, monarchies, crests, and countries, those countries that have an eagle or a double-sided, double-headed eagle on their flag, their crest, whatever, those are the Enlil faction. And the Enki faction is the other faction. So what it is now is these two brothers, they don't physically fight against one another, but they get us, the, 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 the pawns, you know, to fight against each other to do the work for them. So this is why you have a dual, a dual system here on earth where everything is duality, male, female, up, down, left, right, hot, cold. They're basically the same elements, just different sides of the coin because a coin has two sides. Well, it has three, the top, the bottom, and then the middle. But we'll talk about the middle in a little bit because that's very important. But it's, it's, just, it's just a coin right just it doesn't matter what side you flip it and this is why we have a lot of polarization today on earth because think of the anunnaki as like a big mafia and they're like in the big mafia they're cliques fighting against one another for power and this is what happened then and is what happened now because they took turns um to to rule earth and it was every um, I think from memory, every celestial, the, 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 the zodiac. So the one zodiac sign is 2,196 years, earth years. So every 2,196 years, they would change the, the, the monarchy in the sense where someone else would rule. And one of the big problems came where Marduk, which is Enki's son, he always thought that his dad should have been the rightful heir. So he would always try to fight against the others and he tried to usurp the kingdom for himself. And there's a very sad story um, where they actually dropped nuclear weapons to try to kill him. And this is actually what um, destroyed Samaria because Samaria was their, we would say that was their whole area, the Mesopotamia, sorry, but because Samaria is in Mesopotamia. So you had the Chaldeans, the Akkadians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the, and all of those together make up Mesopotamia. But Samaria was their, the, 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 the gem in their eyes because they had the highest level of consciousness. All the other societies used to learn from them, right? So when you look back at the records, you realize that they just came and gave us all this information, told us how to do these things, and were fighting against each other all the time. And then they created religions to, 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 to indoctrinate us so that we would constantly adore them, worship them, you know, bow down to them. And it's, you know what I mean? And these, these entities were actually kind of big because when you look back on some of the tablets, you see these giants sitting on chairs, and then you see like, another being that is like way, way shorter than them, you know? And there's a lot of 
allegory and symbology in, in these, these records. And I know a lot of people will, um, say, will, will throw what I'm saying into the rubbish bin because it pushes against what they think is true. But I always say to people, in order for you to learn something new, you have to put what you think is true on the shelf temporarily so that you can learn something new. This is why Christ said you can't put new wine into old wine skins. You have to throw out the wine or actually just don't use the wine skins at all and get new wine skins. And that's allegory for you need to empty your cup. You can't have a cup with, you know what I mean, a little bit of milk in it and then want to pour water in it and think you can get water. Well, the, the little bit of milk in there is going to contaminate the water. You need to wash out the milk, clean the cup, and then you pour water in there, then you'll have water, you know? So these, these deities, um, extraterrestrial gods, appear to be um, what the Bible refers to as the fallen angels. And this is also spoken about in the book of Enoch. So in the book of Enoch, you have like the fallen angels or the Nephilim, and then you have the watchers. And they also, the book of Enoch also talks about um, how they created us, which is very, very interesting because the chief uh, archon, his name is Azazel. And he is the one that in the Bible is referred to as the scapegoat when uh, Abraham was supposed to sacrifice uh, his son on the altar. And a scapegoat, which was a ram, at the time he appeared in the bush and because they've done a lot of, you know, playing or work with words, that is the symbology for Azazel. And the book of Enoch says that attribute all sin to Azazel because he's the one that taught us to make weapons. He taught the women um, how to do makeup, jewelry, face painting. He taught us how to basically you know what I mean? Create bows and arrows and spears, meteorology. Excuse me, meteorology. He taught us that. And then the book of Enoch actually talks about how they created the physical body and that 365 fallen angels went into every muscle and bone into our body to corrupt it. This is why we will get physical pain. You know, this is why the body is only capped at maximum 120 years, right? Because they've degenerated us. And going back to the Sumerian tablets, the Sumerian tablets tell us that they made us, Enki and Ninhursag, who was his chief medical officer, how to, um, no, they created us in the test tube while they were drinking beer. So imagine you have tablets that are 5,500 years old telling you that they made human beings in a test tube, in a laboratory, while drinking beer. You know, these tablets talk about clonation. They talk about gene splitting. They talk, they talk about chimeras, which are plant and animal hybrids, plant and human hybrids. You know what I mean? So all these like demigods uh, and stuff that we had like in Greek's time, the ancient Greeks, it, it, it appears that those, they were actually real because they were creating them, you know? And when they created this physical flesh body that we have, um, the, the, the body had, it was not a stable creation. And what happened is that in order to make it stable, they decided to mix their DNA with the 
um, the existing hominem species that was here on Earth. But the thing is now, because they were drinking beer and they were a bit pissed, you know, by accident, some clay fell into one of the test tubes. And that is actually what created a stable Frankenstein, because that's the only word you can use, because they have different DNA specimens merging into one. And this is where the story in the Bible comes from about God breathed life into clay to create man. But this is the funny thing. So when you actually look at the text in the Bible, it says God created man. He never said he created man and woman. Now, the reason is, is that man at the time was androgynous. He was both male and female. So, and the thing is that the female is the spirit, the spiritual part. She's the spirit. And when you read other sources like uh, Pistis Sophia and the book of Jasher, you you hear Adam telling to his son, Seth, in the book of Jasher, that Eve, your mother, she brought me consciousness. She taught me all of these things. When you read Pista Sophia, um, Pista Sophia, after they created um, Adam and they separated Eve from Adam, well, they created another body and they took the spirit out of Adam and put it in there. What happened is that Adam became like, you know what I mean? He, he had no sense, you know? He was like a zombie, you know? I basically attuned akin to a lot of the people that we have now on Earth that are just all order followers, you know? They just, you know, I call them ATLs, um, uh, above, no, OBLs, uh, above, uh, uh, follow the law, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just obey the law, sorry. You know what I mean? OBLs, obey the law. OTL, right? With the law, so you know when you look at a lot of these um, different s- sources, you see a lot of things joining up, right? So when now they end up creating us, what happened is that they you they created us using um, some of their Anunnaki goddesses, and they use seven. F- women to create seven females and seven men to create males. And the thing is that we were like mules at the time where we couldn't, because we were a hybrid species, like how you have a horse and a donkey create a mule, we couldn't reproduce. Right. So what they did is they genetically altered us to be able to, to procreate. But then this is where the the kicker comes in. Enki, he had sex with Eve and he taught her how to uh, reproduce. And we know this because um, through other sources like the Chaldeans, they said Samael, who was Enki's other name, he knew Eve, right? He had sex with Eve. And we know that that word no means have sex because in the book of Jasher, Adam says, when I knew Eve, your mother, right? It means when he had sex with her. So, you know, she, and this is where the eating of the fruit of knowledge comes from, because the fruit to know of uh, good and evil comes through the corruption, through the act of he, when he had sex with her. And then she went back and taught Adam. So this is how we were able to procreate because they just wanted a, a worker class, you know what I mean? A slave class. And this is where you find now in society where the, the, the descendants of these extraterrestrials are the prime ministers, the 
presidents, the aristocrats, the people that run the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group. You know what I mean? We're talking about the Council, um, the Club of Rome, which is a very, 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 very powerful uh, club here. All these Jesuits, you know what I mean? you got the, what, people, what people don't understand is that we have families on earth that are very, very powerful, that there are, thir- there are three levels of 13 families that control this whole planet. And the top, top, top level we know um, are the ones that pull the strings. So we have families like the Aldo Brandini, the Brex Beer, the Samagali, Samagali, then you have the Medici, and then you have the Orsini family. These are the five biggest families. And you would never hear these names mentioned ever in any conversation. You would never see them in any media because they own the planet. And they have they have something called the Grey Pope. And the Grey Pope is actually the man that rules it all. Because the Black Pope and the White Pope are subordinate to the Grey Pope. And the Grey Pope is on top of all these families. And these families own every single thing on earth. They own all the media. They own the television. They own all the social media platforms. They own the money. They dictate our lives, right? And these families only intermarry with other families. This is why you saw uh, the Rothschild family married in to the, um, I think if from memory is the Alda Brandini family. Why? Because the Rothschilds are actually the second layer. You know what I mean? People talk about the, the Rothschilds and the, the Rockefellers. They're the second tier. Even the Queen of England, they're the second tier of the hierarchy. These families are the highest. And my research shows that they're the ones that worship this negative energy that controls the planet. Right. So because now we have a system that was set up by the Anunnaki where we have a system of control that was brought down from when they came to mind goal to how they created a worker class to, 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 to you know, mind the goal to send back. Then they created a form of government. Right. So, you know what I mean? When you read all these texts, like um, Lost Book of Enki, Pista Sophia, um, Book of Enoch, you read um, a book here now that will blow people's minds called the, the, Prot- the, the, the Protocols for the Learned Elders of Zion. That book tells you the whole conspiracy. And conspiracy for people that don't know just means when two or more people get together in secret to create a nefarious act. That's all the word conspiracy means, you know. The conspiracy isn't what people think because the word conspiracy, the, the term conspiracy theory was invented in 1967 by the CIA to counter the narrative of the truth seekers during the Warren Commission, which was the investigation for the death of President Kennedy because one of his own people, actually not even one because the evidence shows now that there were several shooters, right? They murdered him for a couple of reasons. One, he threatened to, to um, destroy the CIA. And two, which I think is the most, the biggest reason, he did something that most we don't even know about. He introduced something called the, um, the green backs into the economy. And the green backs were backed by silver. They were not Federal Reserve notes. They were backed by actual silver. 
And what this did is it took the control from the people that own the planet and print the money of the thin air away and give it back to the people. Now, I'm not saying Kennedy was a great guy. You know what I mean? Everyone has their flaws. But I'm just saying that because he threatened to throw the, the table upside down and try to restore some balance, this is why he was murdered. So all it, and even he is, came from the Collins family, which is an elite family as well. You know, the Kennedy family, they're all, they're all linked. This is why you see that royalty married their cousins because it came from the Anunnaki because they married their half-sisters, you know? So they want to keep all the bloodlines together. And when you actually delve into this, these royal families have a lot of like um, disabled family members, you know, retarded, you know, because they, they've intermingled so much that they've just de- denigrated, you know? So my point here in a very long-winded way is that our planet is controlled by entities not of this world. These entities control everything. They even created this physical body that we have. These people are using a system of indoctrination and control to make us think and believe what we see on the TV is real. However, what I will say is that what they do to tell us the truth is they put the truth in the movies. So you can call many different movies that tell you exactly what's going on. The Matrix trilogy, Avatar, um, Prometheus, you have um, Minority Report, you have, um, there was this other film that I can't remember the name, but basically you had like a, a, a body that you could create and you would be attached to this body via a headset. And this body would go out into the world and do things for you because the world was too dangerous, right? Now, this is what they're doing now by we have any pandemic, you stay indoors. They're creating a metaverse, right? So and that surrogates. You, is it surrogates? surrogates? That's the word. That's it. Yes. Yeah. I always forget the name. Always. Yeah. I only ever remember surrogates because um, there was a, when that movie came out, there was a song that was released that I had to learn for something. And so I was like, oh, they got me learning some next level bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so everything they tell us all the things in the movies and the reason why is because this they follow they follow karmic law natural law cosmic law and that is in order for you to tell the lie you must tell the truth because remember i said earlier that we live in a duality a dual system so you can't have a lie unless you have something that's true because these entities cannot create, but they can manipulate and distort. Excuse me. So this is why in the movie Lucy, when Lucy was advancing in her brain capacity, when she was with, I can't remember the name of the person, but she, they gave her, she gave her a piece of paper and she said, that these entities, they couldn't draw anything on that piece of paper to save their lives. But you draw something on there and then they can manipulate it. So what they do, they tell you the truth and then they use magic with a K and distract you over there with the lie. 
And then because everybody's looking over there, they don't see that the truth is hiding in plain sight because it's what a magician does. He does the art of deflection, right? So our, our history is very, very ancient. It's very old. It's very vast. And who we think we are and what we think we are are not what we really are. We are basically a fractal of God. And to put it in context, if you take, if you look at the ocean and you take a drop of water out the ocean, isn't that drop of water still not the ocean? (laughs) Because that's where it came from. So if we are fractals of God, even though we are a very, very, very small part of God, it means that we are God because you can't separate a part from a whole and that part is still not the whole, you know? It's just a fractal of the whole. This is why we have creative powers. This is why when you look back at the Abrahamic faiths, all three faiths said that the angels were supposed to bow and worship Adam. Why is that? Well, it's because we were superior to them. We are both flesh and spirit, which means that we can manipulate this physical body in ways that we can actually travel through time and space and to other planets. And the fallen angels, they rebelled, and the fallen angels were the Anunnaki, because they, they, they did not believe that they should be subservient to just a mere mortal. But we are more than a mortal, right? And all of the, the stories are aligned. So this is why when they created uh, Adam, and in the book Pista Sophia, and they actually said in that book and in Nagamati text as well that if he, meaning Adam, us, because Adam just means the, um, it's just a group of people, meaning first creation, and we all sons of Adam, so we are Adam by default. So when if Adam realizes his true potential, he, they even said he would rise above us. So we must not let that happen. So it's been a constant, constant attack on humanity to really degenerate us, lower our level of consciousness, introduce systems like money, government, and religion. And fun fact for you, the word religion comes from the Latin word religare, which means to hold or to bind, which means that the religion is used to hold or bind the mind and the consciousness of the people. This is why all religious followers will all reject anything that goes against what their narrative says. And I give you context here. I went up with a Muslim girl once and she said to me, I do not want to hear, see, or know anything. Listen to this part. Even if it is true, It can't be disputed, and it is a fact. I don't want to know anything about it if it's going to take me away from my religion. And I was perplexed when she said that. I could not believe it. And I said to her, but if it is true, then how can you deny it? She says, it will take me away from my religion, and I don't want that. And what we have now is everyone following a religion. People that wear masks, it's a religion. 
because you could show them tons of evidence to show us that masks are harm- harmful and they would still wear it. And I, I, listen, I swear to you, all my life, last week, I went to, for coffee with a friend of mine. She's a good girl. And I explained some of these things to her. I literally told her that I was a tunnel engineer for two years. And that when you work in a confined space, because that's what's classified as when it doesn't have natural air passing through, you have to have a meter to measure the oxygen levels. No normal atmosphere is between 20 to 21% uh, oxygen. And when you're in a tunnel, if it goes below 17, you have to re- leave the tunnel because that's when you can start to get asphyxiation, shortness of breath, you could faint, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw three experiments where people were wearing masks and they used the same equipment that we would measure here in the tunnel and put a tube under the mask and it was below 16% all three times. I said to her, if you constantly wear a mask all day, every day, and this is two years now people are wearing a mask, it means then that you are slowly, slowly harming yourself because the brain needs oxygen, right? She nodded like this, say, yeah, 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 this is true, this is true. And after we finished the coffee and we left, she put back on her mask. And I was like, I didn't say anything. I was just like, wow, this, this is levels, man. Like indoctrination is really, really strong. Cause like, I, I just broke it down for her. Right. But because now it goes against what she believes to be true, she will subconsciously reject it. Now, religious people will reject it vehemently, vehemently, and sometimes with laws of, Full language against you, you know what I mean? Want to attack your character and tell you that you worship Satan and you're this and the next, you know? And the word Satan as well isn't what people think. The word Satan just means adversary. That's all it means. And this is why when you go back to the Sumerian tablets, all of these Anunnaki gods were our Satan at a given time, right? Because Satan just means adversary. So sometimes they work together to push out another faction. And then even though they work together, then they start to fight against one another because they want ultimate power. But we were always the target to manipulate, destroy, and control. And this is, they do something called the Hegelian dialect, which means problem, reaction, solution. Right? And I know that the things that I'm seeing are going to be very, very hard for people to accept or understand. But I would say instead of trying to like deny or say it could never be true, have a read for yourself. I can't tell you what to believe is true because my truth isn't your truth. But what I would say is I can tell you where to find them. And this is what I'd say. If you go and you read these books, After a while, your brain is going to be shattered because, like, for example, the story of um, Noah, a.k.a. Ziasudra in the Sumerian tablets, he was told to build a vessel. And the same situation where God spoke to, to Noah through a wall was basically when Enki went to Ziasudra, who was his son, right? from a, a, a human female and told him to, to, to build the ark 
in order to save humanity because they knew that the, the deluge was coming, you know? They didn't cause the deluge, but they knew it was coming. So they thought that they would try to get rid of man because they've, they've tried to wipe us out like tons of times, man, through nuclear war, through floods, through famines, through pestilence, diseases. They, they, they've, they've done it all. You know, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, to be honest with you. I hear you on that, man. I hear you on that. So <laughs> this is where I'll probably end up talking for like a half an hour now because the the subconscious programming and stuff is is where I do my work. Mm-hmm. And your story resonated with me because it sounds like we had the same journey in different ways. Yeah. Down to the same books. And <laughs> Scott Peck saved my life. Because well. up until someone came along and gave me a copy of M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. I honestly believed that everything that was happening in my life was I was a victim to these people. And, and yes, I was a victim of the results of their behavior based on how I interpreted it. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that they all had problems. They all had psychological issues that they didn't deal with. And back to the culture of Barbados, I get a lot of flack all the time. So I'm comfortable saying it for 35 years of my life that something is not right with the way the culture of this place is set up. It's a culture of disempowerment, just the same as everywhere else globally. All culture is based on disempowerment, how to encapsulate and control people using subconscious programs and get them to act and think a certain way that goes on to dictate the quality of their lives. Right. I think, I think the the, the main issue with the Beijing culture comes from the origin of slavery, but it's much deeper than that. It's something called the Barbados slave code which is the actual, I guess you could call it manifesto for all of slavery through the Western civilization on the English side. And Barbados was what we call the the litmus test. It was the, the area where they tested the technology, the psychological warfare where from where I remember when they read it, I mean, this is, this is some grave stuff. They would actually rape both the men and the women in front of each other. Because when they rape the men in front of the women, women would have no respect for the men because they're not seen as a protector. When they rape the women in front of the men, then it destroyed the respect man a man would have for a woman. Then when you, you disobey, then they would um do they would beat you. Then if after that you don't, they would maybe slip I think my memory was slit uh, your cheek. face, mm-hmm. cut the cheek, yeah, cut the cheek. Mm-hmm. So as a visible reminder to everyone, look, hey, you disobey, you get that, and then it would be levels, excuse me, of this kind of torture, and then ultimately, then they kill you. You know what I mean? So what they've done is they've broken us as a people so deep rooted that. First, it has first, carried on. It has carried on through generations, generations. And not only that, Todd, uh, you know, you probably know this because they, they teach you this in history at school, but they sprinkle it with some glitter and try to make it sound good. Um, 
they try to to to, to do the whole Alfred Korzybski thing, the the psychology of nationalism, and they turn everything that is bad and try to make it sound fun, like a hero's mm-hmm. journey, and say, "Yo, this is who we are." And that's actually the the programming campaign they're currently running for the past two years, by the way, while everyone is locked inside their houses. This is who we are. The song, literally, the chorus of the song is, "This is who we are." And they, they, they have all of these so-called prominent musicians uh, singing along in unison, promoting unity through maintaining the same structure of programming, right? Yes, so, but anyways, when you were a petty slave or a petty criminal or you didn't pay your taxes or something like New Zealand, Australia, England, you were barbadoed. You were exiled and sent here. So we have multiple layers. So it is not only just the descendants of the slaves and indentured servants. It is the white class as well that are under that form of generational mind control. And so that just creates this one big strange culture. And I don't think it's any, I don't think it is. I do have to say this. I don't think it's anything that's unique to Barbados specifically because there's slavery in all different forms everywhere. And Dude, I see it here on levels that shock me. It's mad <laughs> programming. Yeah. And if you're growing up and you're saying the things that we, we say and questioning things the way that we question things, you are ultimately the enemy of the state by default. Yes. Yes. And so, so your story resonated with me because I had the same experience. I told you before we started the call, I got slapped over, over my wrist and uh, got into a whole lot of trouble because I wouldn't say the acrostic poem. And I've told this story before, so my listeners already know. <laughs> so I won't launch into that. However, it is, it, is, it is critical that we have people like you that are telling these stories because it supplements the work that... I'm doing and the work that people like Jason Kristoff would be doing. When I found Jason Kristoff, it was through an, another friend of mine who does PR for, for uh, spiritual people and stuff like that. Some of the bigger names out there. And he, he was like, you, you gotta listen, you gotta listen to Jason Kristoff. He's just like you. <laughs> and I was like, what? There's somebody out there saying the same things as me. And then when I went on, I was like, holy shit, he's really, going at it like he points out all these different things and i was like i felt so so good to know that i wasn't alone in that struggle because like you said before we started this i never felt like i belonged here or anywhere else everywhere i go i feel separate from the rest of humanity and it's a, a it's a difficult it's a difficult feeling to have because you realize that I, I really am not separate from these people in flesh or in, in any other way. It just, there is this energy that is like, what are you, what are you doing here? And it wasn't until you say what you were saying. I can tell it's going to be fire. Say it. <laughs> I, I have started to realize, like I tell you something that I've never said publicly before, but my mother said to me when I was a kid that one of her teacher friends, cause she was a teacher said, Todd is special. Todd is very unique in how he is. I never knew this until maybe like four years ago, you know, and what's happened is that when I had my surgery on my foot, I started to find things on my own 
Yes, I. what happened is that I was following a YouTube channel called The Global Witness, and he was an anon. So he was speaking a lot of things that I speak now. But what he was doing is saying, look in that book, look in that text, look there, look there, look there. So I went and did the reading myself so that it would be what I resonated with me. And one thing led to me next, and I found some an article just randomly. And this article said, if you have found this article, you are a star seed and you are in one of these four groups. And the first group is the people that awoke first. These are the people that were like in the sixties and stuff that awoke like boom. Right. But the people now like me are in the group two that are in this, in this epoch that is finding this information and are self-taught and they said literally as a star seed you will feel like you never fit into anywhere wherever you go and <laughs> i posted a meme today on my instagram story and it was one time with a star seed and i it resonated with me so highly because this is how i felt all of my life look when i was young I, because my my mother's a teacher, my dad's a farmer, and all the cool kids at school, I never felt like I fitted fit in with them because I'm from St. Peter, I'm from the north, I'm in the country, you know? So I went to England now trying to run away from that sort of idea view in my head. And then I'm like, okay, in one respect, me, not people knowing anything about me is great. I can create it all, create my own self. But I never felt like I fitted in there because even though, yes, we have the same language, a lot of English ways don't resonate with me, right? There are some good things, you know, that the English people are very good at, but then there's this way of being where British people generally will, and I learned this working in an office, they will say nice things about you, uh, my and then behind your back, they will literally light the fire under your bum, right? And I found that out the hard way working in office. And it was just so hard to, to really get accustomed to the way of being. And to the point where I accepted it and I told people that I wear a mask when I'm in England. Not a little mask, but a mask. I put on a mask when I go step in that door and I'm a different person. And then when I leave, I take off that mask and I will go to the gym. And what it is now is then when you meet people and you're interacting with them, you put back on the mask because you can't be your true self. You have to self-censor. You can't talk about certain topics. You can't express your ideas and views in a truthful and honest manner. Right. And this is what we have now. And then I live here in Mexico and it's like, I told you a story with the girl She's a nice person. I'm not judging her, but I'm just showing that the indoctrination is so ingrained into the consciousness of man that you show, you tell people stuff because you have the experience. You did that thing or you studied that thing. And people will say, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Thanks for that. Cheers. And they will go back and do the exact same thing. Like, let me give you another classic. <laughs> I saw this girl, this, this, wow. I saw this girl in the gym. I saw her, she comes in the gym and she trains hard, but she's not really losing weight. So I said to her one day, Hey, 
come and train me for a few minutes. I'll show you how to train. If you train like this, you will get more results than going on a cardio machine 30 minutes before training and 30 minutes after training. You train like this, 45 minutes of training, complete, done. You achieve your fitness goals. She says, yeah, okay, I'll come and train with you tomorrow. She never turned up. She never messaged me to say that she wasn't going to turn up. And then the next week I saw her, she went back doing the exact same thing. And I saw her, I see her now. I saw her yesterday, there's two months when they, from when I first spoke with her. And I'm like, but there's no change in her. And this goes back to what you were talking about with the indoctrination and something that Jason Christoph talks about, the self-sabotage of, of people, the, the consciousness it seems to be, I am not good enough. I am not worthy. And I understand that because for many years in my life, you know, I felt that way, right? I felt like that. I will never forget, like, I mean, this is going back to like my childhood. No, we were, we were kids. And, you know, we, I think it was six or seven. So this was like around Christmas time. And they had on music and we, everybody dancing. And I went to go and dance with a girl. And because she walked away from me, right, in front of all the, the, the kids, and she was, quotation marks, one of the cool kids, I felt like I wasn't good enough. And that is a story I told myself for the rest of my life. And when I look back at it, I have self-sabotaged on so many opportunities because of that false, fake story I told myself. And we all have it. But the key is to, 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 to realize that this is it and work on it. But a lot of people today, they, they don't, they don't want to work on themselves, you know, and not to work on yourself. You need to know your history. You need to know your past. You need to know where you come from. And then you realize, Hey, everything is fake, made up indoctrination. You are spirit. You are not from here. And it's just like, like I said to you, I feel like, I know for sure I'm a star seed because the things that I talk about, the things that I've found, the things I've experienced, honestly, it, it, I don't, it's not by chance. Even talking to you today is not by chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I never knew, I never knew there were, not, there were other beards talking like me because of me. Absolutely. Honestly. Because there's no, there's no example of it anywhere in this society. And, um, you know, it's like this. When someone does not know their true identity as a fragment of consciousness occupying a temporary vehicle for the expression of consciousness, they will grab at any label, any identity coming down the pipeline, and just about any old thing will do. And they're going to love it because subconsciously they are seeing others are doing it, which validates it and that makes it okay. So they will play out any subconscious program that is projected onto them, which means that everything in their lives is being dictated by others. And you just spent a half an hour talking about who those others are (laughs) that are dictating it. So it's hard for a person to give up an identity construct that they have adopted and built their lives on. And this is why so many people are in crisis. This is why so many people don't want to do the work because they know deep down the way that they have lived does not serve them. And now the discontent of living a lie is too much. And Mm -hmm. also changing that lie is too much. 
So a person will only give up their identity to find their soul when the pain of living a lie is greater than the pain of breaking the chains of familiar emotions and belief systems. Absolutely. And And so that is what my work is based on because I went on that long journey and I told you I, I by accident manifested a ticket and a sponsorship and a visa to go to the United States to, um, to pursue my love of music. And it isn't that I was a stranger to the States or anything like that, but most of my family lives out there and then they all, you know, they all had their sponsorship and through work and, and study and stuff like that and have, have done well for themselves and I had been visiting them for so many years. And so I always knew that someday I was meant to go there to do something. I just didn't know what. There was that precognition that happened from back when I was nine, 10 years old, because I was actually in the back of my mom's all beat up Subaru going home from school. And I fell off to sleep and I had this dream. I saw myself playing on stage holding a guitar and walking up and down and doing all these things. And at nine years old, you don't know what that means. And I just remember from that moment on, I harassed my parents. I became the most annoying child. I was like, I want to play music. I want to play the drums. And my dad was like, drums don't have a volume knob. And I was like, well, no shit, Sherlock. So he got me a guitar and I took that guitar and I took the book that came with it. I went into my room and I came back out a few hours later and I was like, mommy, daddy, look, I learned everything in the book. And I opened up all the pages and I started playing it. And they just kind of looked at me like, what the hell is happening here? Because to them, that was so outrageous that something so uh, what I would like to call divine was happening through a small child in, in their mental states. They can, they can process that. So a few weeks later, they were like, look, okay, I, we, we had enough of this. You got to go to lessons. <laughs> so I went to lessons and the guy, uh, the guy had me playing all the classic stuff like Ben E. King, the Beatles, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I learned it. It came back and he would give me a, a cassette tape because back then he would play on record himself playing the song. What he said is the right way over the cassette tape. And I would call him during the middle of the week and say, Hey, so listen, I noticed you made some mistakes here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just used to be like, okay, so when I get to class, I'll tell you how to play it the right way. And I came back and I would say to him, that, that's what I would say to him. And I played it. And I played it. And then I just kind of moved on from what he was saying. So lessons was very boring to me because it's just something that comes through me. It's always mm. been my connection to creativity. And it, it, it was something that got me into a path that, um, it was something that got me into a path that kind of led me into darkness, but it also became my savior because I, I stayed connected mm. that whole time. So I got into the sex, drugs and rock and roll culture of, of that whole lifestyle and, and, almost kill myself. And, and in fact, I was in such a low place because everywhere I looked, I was being gas lighted by these people and Mm. being, um, being, I guess, subconsciously programmed as to what my worth was 
by an al- alcoholic father and all these other people that were jealous in essence because I had something that they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went away to go to Nashville and learn about the music industry and learn about songwriting and music production and all those kinds of things. I found there was a community of creatives there that was rooted in a lot of spiritual concepts. And, and that changed my, my life in such a way because I started to notice that the programs that these people had were way different from mine and theirs were serving them differently. So I eventually moved on. I went from Nashville to Seattle and I played music out there and then I went to Pennsylvania and um, I loved being near the mountains. There was something about that energy that did something to, to me and it woke up a part of me that I didn't even realize existed and I began questioning all kinds of different things. And I'd already read M. Scott Peck and the Gary Chapman's and uh, all the Wayne Dyer's and all that kind of stuff, Napoleon Hill, all that kind of stuff. I had already known about like the work of Zachariah Sitchin and stuff like that. But I was in such a place before that I was kind of like, it's talking about weird alien crap, whatever the case Same is. Same with me, you know, when I first yeah. picked up the book, I wasn't like, it's it interesting, but I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, whatever. Same exact response. Yeah. And, and so it wasn't until one night I was at a gig and this guy says to me, cause I, I was doing the same, same thing again. I, I just automatically knew what to do here and there and everywhere with certain scenarios, what would sound best. And people looked to me for leadership. So I would usually be thrust to the front of every band that I played in. They were like, okay, well you tell the sound guy what we need. And I would help them get set up and stuff. So I was having a chat with the sound man and this guy taps me on the shoulder. He says, Hey man, I notice you have an affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I was thinking this guy is watching me very hard. And, um, <laughs> I turned, I, I was kind of like, yeah, hold on. I turned around to finish saying what I was saying to the sound guy. And I turned around to go and tell the guy, Hey, you want to get a beer or something? Let's uh, tell me what coaching is. And he was gone. So I ran home immediately after that gig and I Googled it and like personal trainer stuff came up on all that at first. And then I stumbled on Tony Robbins and I realized, Hmm, this is a thing. So I started investigating that world. I started taking classes in it and stuff to get certified, to be a coach and all that kind of stuff. And again, that part of me that questions everything said something about this is not right. And so I really started to break it down. And if you look at the etymology of words, you will begin to find the secret hidden context behind everything and so what it is is another industry and another control mechanism that is like a layer underneath the psychology industry which as we know in the 1930s became a control mechanism devised by nazi propaganda to enslave the masses and get them all drugged up and and convince them that something is wrong with you we actually have a cognitive distortion, which is a mental filter for those listening, where we pass information through this inherited and pre-programmed mental filter of something must be wrong with me. Because by nature, humans are hardwired to be compassionate and empathetic and take responsibility, self-regulate, self-govern, and move forward with their life, self-motivate and all these things. So 
what they do is they I, they train people to recite a narrative which continues to instill the same level of disempowerment under the guise of freedom and success and motivation and becoming spiritual. And they have hijacked that where they tell you all the stuff about sound frequency and, and all kinds of stuff and uh, vibrations and all these kinds of things, but it doesn't serve those people. And so I would investigate for years and years and years while I was doing this and taking on clients and improving myself and learning how to do it. I would investigate and take as many free webinars from whoever I could, whether it was Tony Robbins or the next guy, Les Brown, who you name it, all of these people in the motivation and success and personal development industry. I wanted to know what they were doing to people that was creating this effect. So I studied it. And it was the same narrative, no matter who it was, the same information, just worded it a different way. And I realized that none of these techniques they were giving were working in the context of any clients that I was getting. I wasn't seeing any results and I started to feel like I was a failure somehow. And so that was when I got on to the concept that coaching for uneducated and unexperienced people comes across as coaxing c-o-a-x-i-n-g so coaxed is a verb to attempt to influence by gentle persuasion by flattery to cajole them right so a good example of that in a sentence would be he coaxed her to sing but she refused to obtain by coaxing persuasion we coaxed the secret from him persuasion so it's to manipulate to a desired end by persistent effort. To add uh, to what you're saying, sorry, uh, let me show you some things that a lot of people don't realize because we spoke a little bit about this in the beginning. Culture. The root word in culture is cult. Yep. So what you are doing is you're living in a cult when you identify with a culture. This is why I also said the word religare, which is Latin, which the word religion comes from, which means to hold or to bind. Government, the word government means mind control because government comes from the Greek words, which I don't know to spell and pronounce. But the first part when it was govern, it actually was talking about steering or controlling a vessel, right? And meant comes from the Latin word mentis, which is mind. So government really means mind control. Mortgage comes from the French word mort, which is death. So mortgage means death contract. So me and you speaking the same language, brother. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A lot of Absolutely. people don't know these things. And this is where the indoctrination and the self-sabotage and just being order followers is, is the default setting for maybe 99% of the population. You know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And so having gone down that rabbit hole and getting very curious about it, I, I was also studying like taking certifications like cognitive behavioral therapy and neuro-linguistic programming and reading lots of books and stuff as well. Uh, it was actually my mother who gave me a book by Aaron Beck. And uh, he's the, like one of the forefathers of cognitive behavioral therapy. And I read it and he was talking a lot about the same thing about psychiatry screws up people and, I was taking clinical CBT textbooks and going through them to see what are the questions they were asking people and realizing that none of it was solution focused. 
And so I eventually, through working on myself and, and, and studying, I mean, sitting down with these books till all hours of the night and morning and taking notes and rewriting things and reframing things and asking questions. People thought I was going mad. People thought I was upstairs just losing my cool because I would be up burning the candle at both ends. I needed to know so that I could change myself so that I could help other people. Because what happened to me prior to that, years before I went on that sojourn, if you will, I tried to to kill myself three times. I tried to take as many drugs and as much alcohol as possible to shut myself off. And after the third time, I, first of all, in that third event, I went into this place and we now call that a near death experience. And I saw like this murky brown thing and there was no weird music or anything like that. There was like a frequency running, but my consciousness I heard in my head say, you have to go back. And I remember hearing people around me screaming and stuff because I passed out. And, um, when I came back, I just wasn't the same person after that. And until this day, it is still very difficult to put into words what I really think happened there. But I just was like, Jesus, I can't even kill myself right. Something has to change. (laughs) And when I made that statement, everything shifted. And so fast forward back to that point where I was spending all that time up and learning and studying and taking certifications, I realized NLP is used against us. The frameworks of psychology are used against us. That whole industry. mm -hmm. These entities studied us for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like they have done psychological operations on us from our creation. You know, the Anunnaki through their their representatives on earth. Right. Have you ever heard of this experiment? I can't remember the doctor. But what he did is that he proved that a lack of love can, can be destructive for humans. What he did is that in the 60s, he took a baby, um, I'd say it was a chimpanzee, and he, right, put it, right. he separated the chimpanzee from its mother. Had a iron-looking chimpanzee with two bottles with milk to suck on, and then the other chimpanzee, which was a toy, uh, a stuffed animal, looked like his mother, but was inanimate. He would spend all of his time there with that one and only go to suck milk when he was absolutely hungry. And that doctor proved that a lack of love is absolutely destructive for a child, right? So they've been doing these psychological experiments for years, you know, but people just, it's sad, but what you said is cognitive dissonance and to to leave the identity that what they've been given the fear of that is actually worse than the fear of the the, the fear of the thing itself but I think that my research has shown me is that people like you and I we are what you call old excuse me old souls and we've known these things before and this is why we've woken up because my mate has a very, very interesting saying. He says that humans will only wake up if they go through a traumatic experience. He also says that truth isn't learned. Truth is realized. And I'll be honest with you, those two statements 
are two very powerful statements because they're absolutely true. Because you woke up going through a traumatic experience where you say you try to commit suicide. I was going through physical pain, emotional, psychological, spiritual, economical, all at the same time, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? For five years. So I was just broken. I was literally, I felt like I was put in between a vice grip and squeezed till every last part of the old self came out. That's how I felt. So I, I, I completely get what you're saying. Absolutely. Man. It makes, it makes Absolutely. Sense. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, to, to follow on from what you were saying, I, I know that study that you're talking about. I can't remember the guy's name either. I can't remember. And, but it, and was, it was terrible, man. It was, it was actually heartbreaking to watch it, man. There's so, there's so much. And people don't really are, don't seem to be very interested in this kind of stuff either because there's so much stuff you could go and watch even on YouTube with these things on psychology and, and watch these experiments and understand that there are fundamental aspects of human behavior that have not changed o- o- over centuries. Right. And to, to follow on from what you were saying and continue with, with wrapping up my story here so I can move on to my other questions. It's that I knew that something wasn't right with that whole industry that I was getting into, but I knew that it was pulling me towards something. And there was like something else was, was running the show the same way that I told you about with the guitar, where I opened that Mm -hmm. book and I looked in and, and like, I just absorbed everything. And then one day it hit me because like you said, truth is realized, but truth Truth is also, yeah. Truth is also a resonant frequency. That's why it's so difficult for people to to put into words when they experience the truth and this is why i tell people like the same friend i was i had a coffee with last week as i was telling her certain things i said to her you know how i know something is true it it, it resonates but what that means is i literally started to vibrate and i started to tell her things and i said look at my skin on my hands big goosebumps bro big goosebumps i said that is how i know when someone tells me something is true and when, when I say something is true because it's a frequency. It's why Christ said that my sheep know me because they, 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 my flock know me because they hear my voice because he's, and that's allegory for him speaking the truth, you know, the resonance, the frequency of it, they would know, okay, yeah, that there, what this man is saying is true. Just again, what you say, it's just a frequency. When God uh-huh. spoke the world into existence, it's a vibration, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of, thing. Yeah. It's kind of like when the uh, native Americans would lick the tip of their fingers and then tell you which direction the wind is blowing from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And follow it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like that. And so I realized that um, they would tell you things about the subconscious mind and stuff. They tell you about the iceberg model and stuff like that. But yet there wasn't really the truth about how it was being weaponized. And so one day it hit me, a light bulb went off. And like you said, I got goosebumps, full body. And I just chased that dragon of the subconscious mind until then. Everything to do with that, what it is, how you tap into the morphogenetic field around your body to access information. All of that became my mission. And so I realized that self-destructive programming is installed in us by the people that we're around and the media that we consume. Mm -hmm. And I don't listen to music 
I create music, but I don't listen to music. I don't watch movies. I don't, I, I'm similar, you know, I don't listen to music or I'll be honest, I listen to music, but this is a playlist of songs that I like. And that's only when I'm training. Right. But I don't listen to music. I don't watch movies. I read books. I don't listen to the media, you know? So I'm not surprised, man. Yeah, readers yeah. are leaders. Yeah. You have to, you have to guard your consciousness. You have to be very skeptical about even what you read and wonder where that source is coming from. Uh, for example, uh, a lot of the new age doctrine, well, where does that come from? It comes from the Luciferian texts. It comes from Alice Bailey and um, Annie Besant and people like that. Um, Helen Blavatsky and those who are, were in the, the theosophical way of thinking, but that's based on the same stuff as Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. So when Freemasonry people th- was taken over. Yeah. So when people think they're manifesting, what they're really doing is ritualistic magic that is Mm -hmm. coming from Freemasonry. And so that's why nothing works for them because they're doing something they don't fully understand in order to get an outcome that is beyond their reach anyway, because it's, it's trying to get something and it's in exchange for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say that, it means that when you're working with these beings that you don't even know you're working with, well, you want to get this something. And so something else is going to be taken from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it, all of that's a big part of the psyop, honestly. And I guess the best insight that I really picked up on and I ran with it throughout the years is that not only is the subconscious mind looking for the repetitive patterns, it wants to know what is going to keep you safe, but it also wants to know what, what is fun, what feels good, and then it grabs onto you in that way. So when you go, and let's say you're in a really dark period of your life and you decide, I'm going to go to church on Sunday and see what it is because it seems to work for people. And you go and you realize this is madness. None of, nothing that's happening here resonates with me, but I'm in such a dark place that when people start jumping up and, and, and uh, getting high in the spirit or whatever it is they say, and that seems fun to you, you could leave and still be skeptical about it. And the next thing you know, you're back in church on Sunday again, because just because you, know, you want to check it out again. And so mm-hmm. anything that I say that as a common experience, because you could only be in the room for five minutes with CNN on oh, I, literally five minutes and I, it's too much for me and a week later you're going to be curious about what was being said and you weren't necessarily watching it but it was going in and all of these all of the symbols all of the frequency of vibration because they run uh, they run frequencies just the same way Absolutely. and propaganda is set up and and executed and told to you in a particular way that it appeals to this subconscious mind whether you are deaf blind or dumb if you're in a room with CNN it's going to get you <laughs> I agree I agree it, it right now it has never been clearer that everything is propaganda now and this whole war with Russia and Ukraine is a confirmation that the propaganda has gone up another level because the real agenda was going on right now. This is an economic war. 
It is not uh, like because Russia has, wants to invade. What is really going on is that the United States dollar is about to be removed as a global reserve currency, which is going to cause mayhem on the planet. And what's going to happen is that when that happens, everything on earth, the entire paradigm is going to collapse. And people that have not done any work on themselves are going to just suddenly realize that they have nothing. They're poorer than they could even imagine. And it's going to be hard for them because what is to come is going to be so severe that although I know it's coming, I don't think my imagination can do a a good enough job because scripture says that man's mind, man will lose his mind. His mind will be blown, right? Because we have ever heard of something called a great sign in heaven. Okay. So for those that don't know, the great sign in heaven is talked about in Revelations 12, and it is a star alignment that happened on the 23rd of September, 2017. And that is basically talking in Revelations about the seven years of tribulation. Now, I told my mother when that happened that some stuff is going to come and everything that I said was going to come. I told her like three years ago. You know what I mean? But anyway, this puts us to 2024, end of September, right? So we really only have about a year and six months, really, to work on ourselves, to really get ourselves in a position where you got to remove the layers of fear, negative self-beliefs, traumas, you know, believe that you can't do it. You're not good enough. And I know it's hard, but let me ask this to people. How do you think you can get different results if you don't try anything new? Right. You cannot get different results by doing the exact same thing. That is called madness. Right. And, I know it's painful. I know you know it's painful because you went through your own refinement period and you you, you never lost your mind just like me. And what I would say is that while I could never tell people when the time is going to come where things will get better for them internally, you have to do what Christ said, pick up your cross and follow me. This is what people fail to understand when they look at scripture, right? Because as people can tell, I'm a very scriptural person, but I follow no religion. I just search for the truth. And Christ literally said, pick up your cross and follow me. But most people want to say, oh, well, you carry your cross for you and for me. And I'll just sit back here, eat the popcorn. I'll just watch you do it. No, you need to do the work yourself. That's why Napoleon said, Napoleon Hill said, you need to have working faith, which means you take action and you believe you're going to get it done. And we have a lack of self-belief now. We, we also have like a lot of negative vocabulary because the first thing people say is, I can't. Well, for any time you say you can't, 100%, you're never going to do it. Yeah, it just means I won't. You know, <laughs> it's not going to get done. You can never have a positive outcome from a negative origin. It is hundred percent guaranteed that a negative origin will give a negative result. Now it's not always that you have a positive result, a positive origin that you get a positive result immediately, eventually, because this is how it works. 
You know, truth isn't learned, truth is realized. So what happens is that you have to go through a stage of realization, right? To be able to understand yourself. This is why consciousness really means knowing of oneself. This is why Christ said you need to know thyself, right? So, you know, there's a road, like, you know, the book says is a road less traveled, you know, by many yeah, people. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus was leaving so many nuggets of of wisdom. I mean, he was even trying to tell us when he was being crucified that these people forgive them for they know not what they do. What They're they under do. mind control. They're under mind control. So there's all these little clues and stuff like Jesus was the original conspiracy theorist. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. You know, and there's, the yeah, yeah, I, was, right. I was just going to add on to that point. Like if you read a book called uh, Ma- the, the mastery or the way or something like that, I'll, I'll have to put, I'll have to start doing show notes and put like these books, but it's, it's based on some of Jesus's alleged personal journals. And ah, he, he even I've read one of those. Yeah. There's like three in a series or something like that. And um, he even says he was having a tough day, just like everybody else. Everybody was pissing him off. And he was like, these people are living in unreality. But this is why he told the disciples, how <laughs> long must I bear with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? He actually said that. How long must I bear with you? Because these people are asking questions. He's like, I told you the answer to this. Why do you not understand it? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane. So let me get to, let me get to my next question. Uh, and final question. Let's talk about Ascension and let's talk about the watchers. Okay. Right? So Ascension is typically like what is called angelomorphism which means human transformation into an angel and so that's coming from the Essenes and the Dead Sea Scrolls and they talk about the shifting of the planet into a place of righteousness basically what they're saying is that they think that becoming an angel is the big solution that is going to solve all the world's problems and ascension is typically thought of a shift in dimensional planes from third to fourth to fifth and is a rising of consciousness which shifts the human form into some kind of galactic form. Um, speak on that because we have the things like the watchers as well that kind of counter that angelic theory where I guess it's also based in that thing where it's like you have the highest angels that are Michael and Gabriel and Raphael and Ariel and then you have Metatron who is really Enoch Mm-hmm. And then they have the seraphim, which are mm-hmm. uh, winged and fiery surf- serpents that guarded the gates of Eden and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So tell us about those beings, what you know about that and how that is reflecting what's happening right now and where you see uh, the state of humanity going. All right. So how I see the ascension process is... We are in the ascension process right now. And what's happening is that on a cosmological level, our sun, the central sun, right now is emitting what you call tri-wave energy. And this energy is coming into the earth. 
Now, what's happening is that the Earth's magnetosphere is a lot lower than it was before. And the magnetosphere is like a protective energy field that prevents us from colliding with other planets, asteroids colliding with us, and stuff and stuff like that. So what's happening is that that field of energy is lower, so we're, we're receiving more light at the moment. So what's happening is that as we receive more light, it is going to start to trigger things inside of us, whether we want that to happen or not. Now, what's going to happen is that ultimately this matrix is created on choice. So you can choose to walk the road less traveled, pick up your cross and forgive yourself so you can forgive others, heal your traumas and your fears so that you can stand on solid ground. Now, what's going to happen is that some people are going to accept that challenge and others are not going to accept that challenge. This is why you have the order followers, the mass wearers, and the, the medicine takers, you know, because sometimes you can't use certain words with you know, certain platforms, you know. And the medicine takers are ones that they just want to have everything the same, but it is not going to be. And what's going to happen is that we are shifting into a fifth dimension consciousness. And what that means is that we will vibrate at a higher frequency. And that frequency, when we vibrate at that level, will allow us to be able to manifest instantaneously. And what is happening is that for example, when you get to that level, we will be able to read each other's thoughts and we will know each other's feelings just by standing next to the person because these are energy. But you can't have people in a very negative state of mind and being like we are now with that kind of ability. We would destroy ourselves, right? So that would only work in a place in a, of unconditional love. So what is happening now is that People like me and you, we are walking that path, albeit very difficult, and we are, we, are, we are improving ourselves. And by we changing ourselves, we are create, we are changing our world, our world inside of us and around us. Because what's going to happen is that people, when they hear what you have to say and what I have to say, and when it resonates with them, they will follow us because it's not that we are leaders like to tell people what to do, but it's just like the moth is attracted to the light. So when you emit a certain amount of light, people will want to be around you. Right. And this is what's happening right now where people that are speaking the unpopular truth we are attracting the people that want to hear and want to learn. And why would say is that everybody can do what I do and what you do. We are no different, but is if you are willing to pick up your cross, carry it all the way to Calgary, maybe even get crucified on it. But because in reality, you can't die because consciousness doesn't die. It just goes to another level and to show how, what I mean by that if you take water and you freeze it it becomes solid the molecules are vibrating very very slow when you put it at room temperature the molecules are vibrating faster so it's liquid when you boil the water the molecules are vibrating even faster so it, it, it 
goes into to, to steam. But that steam is still the water, right? So your consciousness is still you, just is vibrating so high that it disappears. And with regards to the the archangels and stuff, there is a war going on in heaven. There's I have no doubt about it. And the only thing that I would like to understand is do these archangels like Raphael and Gabriel and Ariel okay the, 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 the scriptures, ancient scriptures talks about the Anunnaki which we call the fallen angels book of Enoch so if they came from that realm it means then that in that realm there is a war fighting because as it says as above so below so it means then that these angels they can take human form at some point in time. Now, is the war going to physically come down on Earth? Some some sources say yes, but I'm starting to think that it is more going to be an information war, a consciousness war, than more so a physical war. Because in reality, the most in, the, like Thoth Hermes. Thoth, Hermes, or a.k.a. Hermes Trismegusta said, the all is mind and the universe is mental. So if that is the case, it means then that it is through the mind, which is balanced by the heart, is how you will get to be able to fight this war. Because you have to fight it in you. This is why the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna, who is really Christ, because Christos is Latin, Christ is uh, sorry, Christos is Greek, Christ is Latin, Krishna is Sanskrit. <laughs> the same thing. Krishna said that the battle is in here, is inside of you. You must conquer yourself. So I am actually starting to think that the archangels and the ascended masters are only there to help us guide, to say nudge us in the right direction, and we need to do the work ourselves in here. We need to clean the temple of God. So I am, I am kind of like on both sides of the fences where one, there will be no actual physical war because the war is here. And then the other part of me says that there actually might be if it's a spiritual war that comes down on earth where we may end up seeing spaceships and <laughs> entities that are 80 foot tall and 20 foot tall because we do know that the, the Nephilim who are the demigods, the half-breeds of the Anunnaki and the homonym species, they were giants. But even it talk about David and Goliath in the Bible, you know what I mean? So so I'm 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 between both sides because you can either th- take it all literally or you can take it figuratively. So I I cannot set either one. And um how I see it on earth right now is that this is a war for our consciousness. And <clears throat> This is why the the medicine that they want to give us, it cuts the connection with the crown chakra. The crown chakra is called the corona. And the corona connects you to source. So when you take the new medicine, it cuts and severs your connection from source because it blocks the crown chakra from connecting. It also changes your DNA. So in theory, you're not a human being anymore. So what's happening is that a lot of people are going to take the medicine 
and they're going to die. Some get very ill. And it's only when more people start getting sick from the medicine that people will start to wake up. Because remember, people only wake up when they go through a traumatic experience. So if you have family members dying or getting sick from taking the medicine, then you will start to ask yourself, well, how can this be? That is supposed to save them, not harm them. Then that you will start. And as you start to see more people around you start to get sick from the medicine, you will be forced to wake up. So my view is that I have no doubt that humanity will wake up. However, and this is the big however, the caveat, everyone on earth has to go through a traumatic experience that is so bad that it forces them by default to leave everything that they believe is true in order to see the light. Because I've, I've thinking about it. If I didn't go through what I went through five years ago, I'd never be having this conversation with you because I would never be the person I am. I would never have done the, the podcast with Jason Christoph. I never would have done the, my, my, my talk on Acapulco, not on our COVID. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, it ha- I had to go through that pain to lead to that. And I asked myself, would you want to go through that again? Hell no. <laughs> but I do accept it was necessary for me to overcome the defaults, beliefs, and traumas I had about myself. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still just like all you guys listening. But the only difference between me and you is that I am I have my cross here and I'm, t- I'm carrying it and you need to pick up your own cross and do the work on yourselves. And what I would say for anybody listening that has access to medicine, like psychedelics, psychedelics are a game changer. Magic mushrooms, Bufa alvarius, peyote, ayahuasca. I've, I've done all four and they've literally helped remove a lot of negative energy out of me because what they do is they raise your vibration temporarily to allow more light to come in. So you actually can see and perceive what's really there, but we just don't have the perception for it because our eyes only see 0.00005% of the entire light spectrum, which is, that's not even 1%. So if we're seeing that minute, how can we think that this is all there is it's impossible so that's my take on 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 those things you ask me because there's a lot more to come but i think that once we start to connect to our higher selves we will start to get a lot more guidance awesome so where can we find you todd well i predominantly um well I forgot to say this. Uh, I am actually an online fitness trainer. So I used to be a civil engineer and then my refinement period just pushed me to do this. Cause like literally one night my higher self told me to do fitness and I refused and my life just keep getting worse until I started to do it. So I'm actually a fitness trainer, but as you can tell, I'm not an average fitness trainer where I talk about all these kind of things because this, this is my take on it. 
in order to raise your consciousness, my take is you go through the body. So what that means, you get the body physically in shape because we are a mind, body, spirit complex. We're all three. It's like a, if you have a chair with three legs, you take away one, it will fall. So I work on the body and I also work on your mind because, and then you'll be able to find your spirit. So my take on it is I, I get, help people get fit because I help spiritually incline people, burn fat and build muscle. I teach people all these things that I talked about on this platform today, as well, obviously, as getting in shape. And anyone that has any questions from today or interested in working with me because they you know, want to get in shape and they like the stuff I talk about, you can find me on Facebook at Todd Cave, my name, or uh, Instagram at, at Adriano underscore 246. And um, yeah, could, people can reach out to me if they're interested in work with me or just had any questions like what books I have read and where the stuff that I have spoke about, the source material, stuff like that. Um, people can reach out to me and I'd be happy to answer any questions, you know, because this work that we're doing is work that is very, very much needed now because no one's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves and all those that believe in a rapture and a savior. No, we are the savior because you become a savior, becoming Christ. I become Christ. You become Christ. My neighbor becomes Christ. Everybody becomes Christ. Christ is just a consciousness. It's just a consciousness realizing that first thing first, you are perfect, whole and complete. Secondly, everything in this world is fake. Once you start to understand that you are becoming Christ. So I talk a lot about this on my uh, story videos on social media and I write about them as well. So, so Todd Cave uh, on Facebook, um, two D's, T-O-D-D-C-A-V-E and Adriano, A-D-R-I-A-N-O underscore 246 on Instagram. Fantastic. This has been a very awesome conversation and I do believe that it will inspire a lot of people to do some thinking, do some self-reflection and dig into some, you know, Sumerian tablets and the other things and to try to figure out what it is that is limiting them in their development. Definitely. Because unless you know your past, you can't go forward. And this is why it's important to at least have an understanding that what they're telling us is not the way it is. And once you understand that, as you, the scripture says, seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be opened. Once you take that positive step to try to figure it out, you will figure it out. But it is not for those, this, 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 this road isn't for those that people that are lazy or don't want to take risks because when you start to think differently, you can lose friends and family, even partners, you know, because they can say, well, you've changed. Well, yes, I have changed, but you have not. That's the, that's the problem. So it puts a lot of strain on relationships because a lot of people are not willing to grow today. They don't want, they want to stay in their comfort zones. And like I say to people, com- a comfort zone is the place where all dreams and goals go to die, which is why you don't stay in them, you know? 
It's a place where your health goes to die as well. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, true, man. Cause, yeah, because you never take action and get fit, you know. Yeah, the people that are meant to be in your life will always find a way to be there, even if you disconnect from them for some time and and you grow and you come back as a transformed person. You know, they're gonna want to know what are you doing. You, you're, you're so happy. You're so fulfilled. You're so positive you seem to be so creative what are you doing like so you owe it to these people even if you you know you don't like them very much you owe it to these people to do your work yeah yeah it it, it appears that we have to have these these overlords doing what they're doing for us to wake up because and i've toiled with toyed with this idea a lot if everything was perfect and nice and good and everything like a bunch of roses, you would never grow because you would just stay under your tree drinking coconut water and not doing anything at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you need to go through sadly the fire, your refinement period. Maybe you need to lose your job or maybe someone in your life needs to die. And I don't wish bad on anyone, but, for, for some people, that is the only way they will wake up. Because remember, truth isn't learned. Truth is realized, right? And the only way people wake up is when they have a traumatic experience. If not, you just stay in a comfort zone. So your health deteriorates, your happiness deteriorates, your financial ability deteriorates because you're just comfortable. You don't, you don't, you're not inspired to, to improve and to make changes, you know? Yeah, that is so true. It's so true. There, there has to be a catalyst in some way. Yeah, so they're just doing their jobs. So one of the things I would say is don't hate them. Pray for them. Forgive them. Because like Christ said, they, don't, they know not what they do. You know? Yeah. And I just remembered the name of that book as well. It's called The Way of Mastery. The Way of the Heart is book one. And then there's like book two is the way of transformation. And then three is the way of knowing. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's actually really easy to find. You go on YouTube, you type it in and there's an awesome channel called giving voice to the wisdom of the ages. Oh, he's that, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So he just does all these really cool audio books that are based in this kind of stuff and can chill out and reflect. What's it called? Because I think I've only read one of them. I've not read the other two. The Way of Mastery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Found it. I actually, I actually, you want to hear something that's mad? (laughs) I'm actually listening to that series now because um, there are like so many books in it, right? And um, the early years, yeah, the early years of Christ. Yep. I'm actually listening to that right, right now. How, how, how random is that? Because <laughs> I knew that, when you say so, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it, man. Nice one. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for having this chat with me. We will have to do a second uh, show sometime soon. Sure. And uh, get more good info out to the others. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was a really good conversation there and I really loved it because for one, I have never met another person from Barbados speaking <laughs> like how 
you speak, which is very aligned with me. And, you know, for, I think it's, I don't think there are many other people on the island that actually talk like this, you know? It is an unfortunate truth. It's one of those unspeakable truths that you can't say because whenever I say that, people say, you always crying, don't Barbados. You don't like Beijing's. And I'm like, it is, it is not that I don't like Beijing's. It is that I understand that there is a culture that is projected onto us that causes us to suppress our own greatness. And there's yes. no such thing as a country. There's no such thing as a nation. We are all the same. Oh, same. And if you want to be, if, if you want to be a part of all of the good things in life, you must be willing to break this programming. And that's what I say all the time. Like every back to my story, that light bulb went off and I realized everything that was causing me to make mistakes in my life was coming from somewhere else. It was something I picked up from somebody else and I was screwing up my whole life, following everything else, except for what was in my heart. And yeah. the psychology behind nationalism will do that to you. You will treat yourself and treat other people in such a way that you alienate yourself from the rest of the world and don't even realize it. And you think that that's normal because it's fun and this is who we are and this is what we do and this is how we behave. I agree. 100%. I saw a woman, um, she was going down to the beach and her four-year-old child he looked like he could not have been a day older than four just ran a few feet in front of her and she grabs him by the back of his shirt and she says i would cuff you and started cursing this child telling this child the worst things and i see a lot of that in just in supermarkets shopping for groceries and stuff like that i mean everywhere that i go i see this aggressive suppressive angry behavior and that is what is sold to us as being a Caribbean person, being a Barbadian, mm-hmm. and, and that's not mm-hmm. right. Some mm-hmm. we have some of the brightest and most uh, informed leaders out there that go on to do amazing things. But you know what? They don't come back here because of that culture. They yes. don't come back to do the work. And so I had the option of leaving again, and I said no. I am going to let my consciousness get so big and so brazen and so bright that it's going to impact whoever I come into contact with here and I'm going to stay in the dirt in the trenches with the actual people who need it the most rather than go elsewhere at this time. So, you know, that's the choice that we all have to make. It's a choice. Are you going to be, are you going to commit to doing better or are you just want a quick fix to feel better and then forget about the rest? True, true, true. Well, I, no, you told me that. I want to say, well, <laughs> I appreciate you for that because you're, you're better than me in that respect because <laughs> I, 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 I struggled to, to, to go back to Barbados to live. And um, so, you know, maybe that is your calling and you, you seem to be doing it well. And, you know, my mind is to do it from a different country. <laughs> Yeah, man, we all have to find our our home base. And uh, I can safely say that this is not my home. Um, I am just here to do what it is I'm supposed to do. I know I need to be here at this time. Again, it's that higher self telling you, you got to stay here and and do these things to get to this next place. And 
what again i mean i sent jason a message i said jason i have never heard another barbadian saying these kinds of things give me his information because <laughs> i hadn't listened to the, the podcast all the way through i was out to go and do going doing some shopping and stuff and i couldn't finish it i sent jason an angry message jason i've never seen this before <laughs> <laughs> so it was like to me it was like it was confirmation as well for something i was looking for because remember i said to you i was wondering about all these different things and then i look outside and i see a mexico hat hanging off of the fence outside my house mm-hmm. and i said that is some strange stuff right there mm-hmm. and so then, you know a couple of days later i turn on to see to catch up with jason and see what he's talking about now and i see he's got Todd Cave on. I said, Cave has to be a Bajan. (laughs) (laughs) Stay. So, and I turn it on. And as soon as I hear your voice, I say, yep. Thank you, Jesus. I, 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 this is the confirmation I was looking for. So, you know, I hope that, that a lot of Barbadians don't turn off in the first five minutes. If they hear this and they realize there's a lot more out there. There's a A hell of a lot more, a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think, I do believe in humanity. I do believe in that we will overcome. But the sad reality is that we may have to have more pain as a collective so that our brothers and sisters can wake up and realize that they're greater than what they believe they really are. Because at our full, full potential, we are talking about ascended mastery here. We're talking about manifesting literally in the hands like that. You know, Have you ever heard of a book called the life and teaching of the masters of the Far East? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Brilliant book. It is long. I am talking, bruh, probably 12 hours for audio book. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And I think actually it is two. It might be even 20. It might even be two segments and each are 12 hours. It's long. But let me tell you something. Long story short. At our full ability we can manifest literally anything from our hands. When we are, suppose I invite you for dinner and you come here, the table will just appear. The food will just appear. And as soon as you're finished eating your food, the plate, the, t- the plate will disappear. Dessert will appear. This is the actual power of us. Right. Yeah. And we just have been limited to believe we're just a body. Absolutely. And that book blew my mind because this book is not a fictional book. This book is recorded by scientists that went to the far East between 1890 and 1920 and recorded everything that they saw and they heard and they experienced like one of the scientists walked on water. The masters went to, went across this river and he said, come guys, let's go. And they're like, yeah, but that's water there. He's like, yeah, 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 come, come. <laughs> and, he, and the master started walking on the water. And one of the guys, he just trusted and just believed. And he just started to walk on water. He said, yeah, man, come, guys. And they're like, uh, yeah, cheers for that. We'll go up three miles and cross the river up there. Mad stuff like that, right? So this is why I say that we are greater than what we really think. And because we have that spark of God in us, it means we can literally manifest anything that wants is based in love and not selfishness. And it's for the help of others. It's possible, but 
it is a, a thing where we have to get rid of the fears and the traumas and the negative programming, the self-sabotage, eating badly, not exercising, not having positive thoughts, you know, all of these things that create the negative field around us. We got to get rid of all these things. And then grace is there for us. Absolutely. And I will leave it at that. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, thanks for being on. I'll catch you sometime My pleasure. soon. All Thank right. you, man. Anytime. All right. All right, cool.